Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of The Articulate Fly. On this episode, I'm joined by Linda Leary, the driving force behind Fishywear. Linda shares her fly fishing journey, and we take a deep dive into all things Fishywear. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. But before we get to the interview, just a couple of housekeeping items. If you like the podcast, please tell a friend, and please subscribe and leave us a rating and review in the podcatcher of your choice. It really helps us out. And in case you missed it, the EPA recently issued a new 404C proposed determination with respect to Bristol Bay. The proposed determination would restrict or prohibit the use of certain Bristol Bay watersheds as disposal sites for the discharge of dredged or fill material related to the proposed pebble mine. The EPA will accept public comments through September 6th. If you'd like to support this important step towards permanently protecting Bristol Bay, please visit the Take Action link in the show notes. Now, on to our interview. Well, Linda, welcome to the Articulate Fly. Thank you. Thanks for having us on today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our conversation. I'm sorry it took us so long to get our calendars synced up. Oh, no worries. <laughs> Summertime. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so we have a tradition on the Articulate Fly. We like to ask all of our guests to share their earliest fishing memory. So probably one of the earliest fishing memories was with my dad. Um, a couple of them. One was um, out on this rock pier and my sister and I, he was um, fin cast fishing, I think, at the time. And somehow my sister threw his worms in the in the lake and, you know, that, that didn't go well. <laughs> but um, then... Uh, we progressed as I got a little older. He'd take me out in the boat, and the evenings after work, he'd go out and fish with my uncle and his boat, and they'd be side by side, um, fly casting and fishing for brook trout uh, on the lake. And it was just so beautiful. It was like the sun was setting, the the mosquitoes were were out, and the bass were flying around, and they were casting and just talking to each other, but, but very quietly and. It was just really, really a pretty memory. So, and then I, you know, then eventually he, I'd get to fish with him, and he'd teach me to cast. Well, it's fun. It was awesome. Yeah, very, very neat. And I can imagine when you say that, it makes me think about like, uh, you know, fishing gray ghosts and and winged wet wet fly patterns for trout and lakes. Yes, yes, and then just um, little little uh, lies. He had uh, this real little dry fly suit he was using out on the lake, and um, he had he had his favorite patterns that he liked. And uh, I'll have to look up what they were. I can't remember some of them, but they were um, they were beautiful. Yeah, Parachute Adams, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think about all those Carrie Stevens uh, uh, streamers, pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, obviously, you know, it's uh, been a while. And um, so who are some of the folks that have, you know, mentored you on your fly fishing journey and what they teach you? Well, I would say aside from my dad, I would say that, um, you know, all the guys that you fish with over the years, when you know, we take clients to lodges a lot here in Alaska fishing, and every guide you go out with, you learn something new. And um, whether it's, uh, the style of casting for the different weather patterns, whether it's windy or, um, uh, you know, you're in a tight spot and there's not a lot of room around you. Um, yeah, every one of them teaches you something new and different. And so I'm always just trying to be a student of the different styles of guys and what they want to teach you and try to remember it and just practice it and, and just continue to get better. And, 
you're always learning. It's not like you're going to figure it all out on the first time you're out. So. Yeah, I don't think you ever figure it all out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, or whether it's fishing Western Alaska or you're out fishing for tarpon down in in the Keys, you know, these guys are really good guys. It's just great. They're good teachers. Yeah, very, very neat. And, you know, it's it's kind of interesting because I guess we probably met a couple of years ago at a, I think, I, I think maybe it was at IFTD, but was really curious. I, you know, I, I really find your brand interesting and, you know, I was kind of curious, you know, what made you want to start Fishy Wear? So it actually started, um, I was in the trucking industry for many years and um, kind of had some clients out fishing and it was probably a slow day. And I remember on the river, we had a female guide, a good friend of ours, Kate Taylor, and Kate and I were just chatting about, you know, you're always thinking about how you would like things to be different or better and brainstorming, um, you know, with her or with other um, female clients. And that's really, it really kind of came out of conversations on the river and things that we would like to have that you could go right from the river to dinner or that would be a slight tweak on what's out in the market now that would be uh, fun for women, still technical and um, have a function for fishing and for fly fishing and yet have a bit of a twist of art on it, color and make it a little bit more feminine, but not too, not too girly. Yeah, got it. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because you mentioned your career in, in trucking. And, you know, I know your previous business experience had been with much larger companies. I think I remember doing research for this interview that you at one time your trucking company had 700 employees. And I was kind of curious what it was like to go from that experience to running your own startup. <laughs> uh, startups are a lot of work. <laughs> it's uh, I was telling somebody it's way easier to have. 700 employees than to have, you know, seven or eight um, because you have other people to help you, right? And it's a bigger operation. Um, but you can really get in with a smaller operation like this and you really, you're involved in every aspect of it and you can really get a feel for it and mold it to be the way that you want it to be and have, um, have you know, more hands-on, which my employees may say is good or bad, but <laughs> no, I'm with you. It is good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, uh, bigger has, you know, may sound more challenge, may sound more challenging and it is definitely everything's more zeros. Uh, but, um, sometimes it's a little easier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and in terms of, you know, kind of anything kind of, you know, unique uh, about kind of starting and running fishy wear uh, that kind of surprised you that was really, really different from your past work life. Um, you know, what's interesting is that, um, it's just, you know, what I did previously, we started from a small trucking company and grew it. And, um, I, I think with a retail, you have ups and downs in your, um, in the, like, um, your revenue streams. And I would say that very similar to trucking, you need to have diversity in your, in your revenue streams and you need to have diversity in your customer base. And, uh, that way is very similar. I would say, you know, Clothing and items like we have now are very personal. Whereas, you know, 
most of the time in trucking, you're dealing with businesses. So that side is more similar to dealing with wholesale on our side for fishy. Um, but you, it's a much more intimate um, with when you're dealing with clothing and people's personal taste um, of what they like or don't like. So that can be a, a fun opportunity to try and figure out what they what they want <laughs> for that particular time. Yeah. And interesting too, right? Because I was thinking about this as I was kind of preparing the questions. I mean, you know, really different kind of from, you know, getting, you know, RFPs and bidding out trucking contracts and running the business to doing retail. That's got to be really different too. Yeah, it is. Um, because, it, and there, but there's a, you know, there's you know, both sides are the people component to it. So you're still, you know, with your employees, you're still trying to take care of your employees. You know, you have a responsibility to, to make pull up payroll every week and make sure that you're taking good care of them as you do with your customers, right? So you're always trying to make sure that you're, you know, that you're really focused on what your customers want, how, you, how well you take care of your employees and how they take care of your customers. And so for me, that's always, a, you know, an important focus to think about. But um, they're, um, you know, now you're dealing with retail space and at Fishy, we didn't really, or excuse me, at Carlisle, we didn't really have customers coming in to our space all the time. So you have this work environment that you're, you know, you're, you're sending trucks out to pick up freight and deliver it and make sure nobody gets hurt. So there's much more of a, it's a much greater safety component on the trucking side. So I have brought that over to our side and we've, you know, we like we have we do facility audits and we've done safety audits just to make sure that everybody's we're doing the things they need to so that nobody gets hurt even here. So I'm a, I'm a big safety nut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was curious too. I mean, is there um kind of a design and manufacturing kind of uh overlay that's comparable, or is that what something that was also kind of new going to fishyware? Well, actually, um. Transportation logistics is very creative, and and many people call it an art on the logistics side, because you're you're creating solutions for your clients that are unique to them and unique to their their situation and what they may be transporting at the time or the route. And so, I would say that going from being able to use the creativity on the logistics side to the you know the fishyware, which is more of you know, um, fine art is different in that way, but there's still a creative component on both sides that just express themselves in different ways. How about that? No, interesting. Yeah, it, I, I can get that. And, mm-hmm. you, and it's always interesting, too. Like, I love to ask um, startup businesses for that kind of light bulb moment uh, when you knew that fishyware was going to make it and that kind of vision you had for the company, you were going to be able to fulfill it? Uh, well, it was always so it was really important when we first started that we were cash flowing like right away within, you know, a few months because you know that you have to have money coming in to cover your bills and, and, um, and I would say within two or three, a couple of years, when, when you see clients saying, you know, I wear my stuff out and people are stopping me in the airport. They want to know, where did I get that? And who, you know, where, where who makes that product? And I mean, we hear that a lot, which is, 
awesome, right? And we have uh, <laughs> people that know all the names of our patterns and, and um, you know, our goal is to create a fun culture around the products and, and engaging and fun for people and they can express themselves with, the, you know, with their patterns and yet it's really functional clothing that they can use and wear. And then the collaborations that we've done um, have been really uh, fun as well, like with Orvis and Extra Tough and, and folks like that and Groove uh, that have enabled us to grow our base as well. So we're very appreciative of that. We just did a beer launch two weeks ago. That was fun. <laughs> I, saw, I, saw, I saw that on Facebook yesterday. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, mm. won't be coming to my part of the world anytime soon, but I can always hope, right? <laughs> hey, you can, no, you can order it online on Tabor. I'll have to check that out. C-A-V-O-U-R. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I know, yeah, I know another thing that you do too is um, you host uh, trips. And I was kind of curious, was that something that you were doing, you know, before Fishy Wear? I know you mentioned you were taking clients for, for the trucking company out. Uh, was that something you were doing kind of before Fishy Wear or was that something I know you purchased uh, women's fly fishing from Pudge? Is that kind of when the, the hosted trip stuff really kind of kicked into gear? Yeah, yeah, that's when, I mean, I had a lot of practice over the years um, uh, in the trucking industry because we took clients out a lot, but, um, so I wasn't fearful of doing it, but when Pudge uh, Kleinkopf decided to retire a couple years ago, well, probably four years ago now, um, we had the opportunity to purchase her business and um, just carry on the legend of what she had built to keep you know, teaching gals how to fly fish and also take them on hosted trips. And, you know, we hope that she'll be very proud of what we're doing with it as we continue to grow it. And so that started probably three, three years into fishing that we bought that company. We bought her company. Got it. Yeah. And you guys are super busy. I mean, it looks like you do probably, I don't know, eight to 12 trips a year. You want to kind of let folks know a little bit about kind of what you offer and also kind of how it integrates with Fishy Wears brand. Yeah. Um, we have, um, we've done earlier this year, I did a trip to the Bahamas to a group of ladies bone fishing, which was amazing. Went to South Andros uh, Lodge and South Andros uh, and uh, caught bonefish. Then we just did a trip to Yakutat for uh, Steelhead and um, all the, the ladies there uh, they caught, caught Steelhead with a little top fishing. Uh, they caught Steelhead or they got to go offshore and cut halibut or something that they wanted there. We have another one coming up. Uh, we have some out to Western Alaska for Kings and Reds. We have uh, a gnome trip uh, the first week of July, we have a trip for uh, to Henry's Fork um, in July also that I'm hosting for a group of ladies there that um, uh, will be going out and catching uh, rainbows and browns and stuff. It's great. At, Tron, at uh, Trout Fritters. And um, then we have let me see here. Then we're on the Kenai. We have a women's retreat that we do down there. Uh, fishing for silvers and uh, rainbows and also maybe some silvers if they're in or pinks. And then 
think we have a couple more mixed in there. I can't remember them all. <laughs> yeah, so it's been just a fun way to integrate uh, fishy wear and women's fly fishing. It's just a natural that they work together. And so, um, you know, a lot of the products that we make or sell, uh, ladies will uh, want to use on their trips or vice versa. And, um, yeah, it's, it's super fun. And so we're creating, and then we've got, we're teaching all these ladies how to fly fish and fish. So hopefully we, you know, we have a whole another group of ladies that um, are coming through our programs that, you know, we're going to be future fly fishermen or fishermen in general um, out there on the water. Mostly here from Alaska, but we just had a lady that was visiting from Wisconsin. She took a class while she was here, so that was awesome. Yeah, very, very neat. And I mean, as you mentioned, yeah. you, I mean, you do find your way down. I mean, Henry's Fork is a great location. I, I would never complain about going to Andros to chase bonefish either. No. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. That was great. We had a we had customers with us from all over the lower 48, so that was great. Yeah, very, very neat. A couple neat. Alaskan ladies. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. L- slightly better weather, I imagine, at that time of the year, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so ready. Yeah. And so what was, uh, what was the first product you ever produced at fishy wear? So we came out with four or five products all at the same time. So we had, uh, a legging with some of our art on it. I think we had three patterns we started with. We had hats that kind of matched them. So like a trucker hat style, uh, neck tubes. So we had some neck tubes that were all in our patterns. Uh, that matched the leggings, and then also uh, wading belts. So those were kind of the key uh, products that we had in the in the beginning that were kind of our base that we got us started. And uh, we tried some T-shirts and stuff to go along with those as well in the beginning. But um, really, the the foundation has been the leggings and bags. We've done some dry bags and then some. Uh, uh, the hats and the, and now we are coming out with more and more tops on tops and things. So it's been great. Yeah, very, very cool. What's your kind of design and manufacturing process look? I mean, are you putting out new stuff every year? So you have a pretty rigorous kind of annual design and manufacturing process or is it a little bit different than that? Well, just remember, I know nothing about production manufacturing. <laughs> it's been a learn by, as we go along, um, we have, no, we, uh, we have a team of people that are helping us design and uh, come out with products. You know, we try to match up with the selling season for fly fishing. And um, we have uh, also probably at least four new prints a year that we're coming out with. And then there's, there's other new products that we experiment with that come out throughout the year as well. Some during the holidays and some just prior to the summer. So, but we're working really hard uh, to get that more and more dialed in as we go along. Yeah, got it right. Because I mean, I, I know you've got multiple artists, and then it kind of goes from there. And then, kind of in the manufacturing and kind of design process, I mean, is, are there uh, are you people kind of like field testing stuff? Um, I mean, obviously, not everything needs to be field tested, but you um, I mean, how does that generally work? How long does it take you, for example, to bring a new product to market? You know, I remember when I first started, people saying, oh, it takes 18 months. I'm like, oh, it couldn't be that long, right? 
It does. It takes that long if you want to do it right. Um, and as far as field testing, it would be myself. And then you know, we have some friends that are out in the field that will test things for us. And making sure that it's going to work correctly. And not, I mean, not everything is just designed because I want it, but there's a lot of things that either myself or friends have told us that would work really well for gals and trying to put a, a fishing spin on it. Like we did a crossbody bag that could be a everyday fashion piece, but then we put straps on the back so you can put it on your waiter belt and use it as a little fly case, you know, to hold your stuff when you're out in the water, a smaller one. And so everything that we design, we try to have a fishing component or fishing focus on it so that it's functional for fishing as well as you could wear it as a lifestyle lifestyle piece too. Yeah, it's interesting because I was going to ask you that because that always seems to kind of be, you know, particularly, I guess, with apparel that deal with the devil, right? You know, are you making gear? Are you making lifestyle stuff? Yeah. Well, what we found is that a lot of people that buy our products also maybe don't fish, but they like the art. They like being part of that community, um, but they'll use it for for other sports as well. Like when I first started, I had several clients that were triathletes, guys, and they were wearing them because they're like a compression pant, and they love them. It's like an Under Armour style pant, you know, legging for guys, and so they'll wear them to, to run. Um, and we'll have people wear them hiking, they'll wear them skiing. It's like a base layer, right? Mm-hmm. You can use it as a base layer or you can use it out, um, you know, kayaking, uh, rafting, and because they dry really fast. So that's really helpful. And they give good sun protection. So they have a lot, a lot, a lot of different uses depending on where you are and, and what um, outdoor activities you like to do. Yeah, very neat. And, you know, I, well. yeah. And I know I remember mentioning this to you uh, when I saw you in, it was either in Denver or Salt Lake City this year. You know, one of the interesting things I find is that I know you use multiple artists, but, you know, unlike uh, some other uh, fly fishing oriented apparel brands, every time I see something, I know instantly it's fishy wear. Um, and I was kind of curious how you accomplish that when you have these kind of diverse artist channels. Um. You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in letting the artists do what they're going to do because that's why they're so good, right? You need to let them have the freedom to be creative, take their time to think through it. But we also, I've learned a lot about art and what works for us and what will lay out, what will be a good pro- design that will lay out well in our product. And so, you know, we'll, we'll give them some parameters to work within. But um, I really like to leave it up to the individual artists to um, be able to express themselves through color and through pattern. And um, and then we kind of take it from there and, and lay it out in a way that works for us. Got it. So that makes sense? Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. I mean, so the artist basically gives you the design, but you may go to like, for lack of a better word, kind of like a graphic design team to implement that for products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have, uh, yeah, we have graphic designers that work for us that will do layouts and, um, but 
but we'll use components of the art uh, that the artists have created. And we have some fun stuff coming out this summer that may have, may or may not have a fun and uh, funky kind of uh, 60s, 70s vibe to it. So. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, no, that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. I can, I can remember having a similar conversation uh, with Derek DeYoung about it, about kind of how the art finds its way, you know, to everything, right? I mean, he's got aura wraps mm-hmm. and glasses and kind of how that process works. And um, yeah. yeah, super, super interesting, right? So you started with four products and I know, you know, you've expanded a bit, you know, how, how has Fishyware kind of grown over the years? Um, you know, we've, we've been able to grow, you know, region by region. You know, we've hired, um, reps that handle, uh, calling you on know, a lot of the fly shops for us just has been great and outdoor stores. And then just our continuing to push our online growth and, um, and those channels to try and reach. And then we try to create fish that will expand us into other regions of the country as well and to attract new markets for us. And then product-wise, you know, we try to stay semi-focused and not too far out. But once in a while, I do stray and maybe create something that I may or may not (laughs) have anything to do with fishing, but it's just fun. Yeah, got it. (laughs) Yeah. And and I know you collaborate with other brands, like, for example, Orvis is probably the one that I can think of uh, most easily. But, I mean, I know there are others. You know, is that part of kind of what that collaboration experience allows you to do, which is to kind of get into products that you probably it's not worth it for you to design and market and inventory yourself, but are useful in the market and support yes. your brand? Yes, absolutely. And and uh, hopefully it's a, it's really a good relationship for them as well. And it's, it's creating products that we're, we, we probably wouldn't make ourselves. So we're not at that point. And, um, and what allows us to focus on on the things that people know us for, um, and uh, continue to grow in, in those areas. So, yeah, and you know, we have a couple others that may come out next year that'll be kind of a fun collab that um, we'll be able to announce next next spring. So. Keep an eye out for those. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I'll see them on the, uh, <laughs> on the, uh, let's just show circuit before. So you work with Orvis yeah. and I know you've got some great sling bags with them, right? And, um, mm-hmm. we just talked about your, your beer collaboration, which we can now order in the lower 48. Um, and I know you've got, a kind of a boating boot collaboration. What are some of the other ones that you have? Well, that's really the, the main ones right now are extra tough, uh, and Orvis. We also have collaborated in the past with Groove Rings, and then they've been making um, watch bands for us, Apple watch bands. And they're actually another Alaska. Well, the gentleman that started it, um, Peter, uh, originally from Alaska also. And so that's been fun to be able to collaborate with him and do that. We also uh, have we've collaborated with Cerebella Rods um, with April Archer, and we create some custom rods with her where we put our art on them and um that's been really really fun those have been the major ones that we've that we've done and then of course our beer launches with English Brewing with Gabe over there it's just been uh such a gift working with those guys and just he is truly an artist 
um, making beer and a, a beautiful space to celebrate it in. So that's been really fun. Yeah, very neat. And, you know, we were talking before we started recording about, you know, it's really, you know, at least from my perspective, it's unusual for um, kind of a niche apparel brand to have its own retail store and you have your own retail store. So kind of how did that come about? And, you know, why do you have a retail store when, you know, so many of your, I guess, competitors, probably not a good word, but, you know, other typical um, niche apparel makers generally don't. Well, um, that's interesting because I guess I didn't know I shouldn't. <laughs> that's probably why it happened. <laughs> Is, uh, um, I guess I didn't realize it. And, and we're, we're actually not in prime retail space. So we're in more like a warehouse space, which is my back, you know, kind of goes back to my background. And, um, we knew we needed offices and it happened to have warehouse space because we needed to store products. And we're like, well, why don't we just set up a store while we're here, a showroom? Because we have a lot of clients here in Alaska that want to come here and see, uh, you know, buy product and, and pick it up. And then we get a lot of tourism here in Alaska now that COVID is pre-COVID and, and it's picking up now post-COVID. So it's a destination for them to come in and see our products. They've been following us online. And we had this wonderful young couple come in last summer they just got married. They're on their honeymoon. Their first stop was fishing wear. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was, that was the coolest. And so, yeah, so it's kind of created a little bit of a destination shopping experience for, for people. So, but I didn't know that I probably shouldn't be having a retail place. <laughs> uh, well, is it close we to your, it. yeah, is it close to your brewery that you're collaborating with? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything's close in Anchorage. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's 10 minutes away. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very. Uh, yeah, but yeah. It's, been, it's been fun and yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, very, very neat. And I guess too, it probably I don't know. I would think it would also kind of help you R and D, kind of the retail part of your business, so that you can help your reps uh, sell to the retailers better. Yeah, because we really started out selling online, um, direct to consumer, and then we had a retail store. And then we started doing wholesale because we had a lot of uh, wholesalers reaching out to us saying, "Hey, we want to sell your product." So that was that was they that kind of happened after we had everything else set up. And um, my intention was to eventually do that, but we wanted to make sure that we could take good care of the wholesale clients. And and so we're you know they've been very patient with us as we've learned. And then during COVID, just having make sure that you have product for them, and then. Um, and it's ready to go, but we're, we try not to try not to oversell our abilities if we can. God, so, yeah, we, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and so it's always interesting. I always think that um, you, you know, shops always kind of have their own vibe. You know, what's it like in your shop in Anchorage? A lot of color. Um, it's a very industrial uh, feel, so because it's a warehouse space. Um, we have a lot of, uh, in my back, I'm being trucking. We have pallets. We have pallets, pallets on our wall that we hang products off. So then we have a lot of piping. We have big posters of our um, photo shoots and you know, big banners hanging up and, and lots and lots of color in here. And it's fun just to have clients, customers come in that have never been here and they just stop 
and look around and they have to take it in for a moment because it's a little overwhelming, I think, because there is so much color. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and art. And we set up a Instagram wall so people come in, they can take photos and, you know, just to make it a fun space. Yeah. And I guess the neat thing too, right, is you're, you're selling not just fishy wear stuff. So you're selling Orvis waders, you've got rods. And so probably not all the way to a fly shop, but you've got a lot more than just fishy wear. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yes. We have uh, Orvis waders. Uh, we have corker boots. We have um, Orvis uh, waiting jackets. And then we have Cerebella rods. And then everything else pretty much is ours. We even made, my husband makes spices for barbecuing. So we have those here. I just met these neat young guys at the, at a trade show. And they sell these really cool, they call them body, it's like cleaning cloth, like a sanitary hand wipe. They call them, it's called Clean Freak. And they come into all these fun scents and and um, this little black packaging, which I thought would be really cool to put out in a um, in uh, uh, your fishing bag. So when you're out fishing, you always get stinky and you know you get fishy smelling. You can just take one of those out. It smells like coconut or lavender or whatever you want. So, so we, we're carrying those. You know, we don't make those, so that's kind of fun. And uh, yeah, other than that. A lot of the product in here is ours or ours that we put our art and color on and our spin. So. Yeah, very cool. And so, you know, you, yeah. yeah, so, you know, if, if you can't make it to Anchorage um, and, you know, you're one of those people that doesn't want to buy online, you know, where else can folks find Fishywear? Well, if you go to our website, we have retailers um, listed on there throughout uh, the lower 48. So there's a lot, of course, on the Rockies, West Coast. We have some down in the Florida Keys. We have some on the East Coast. And uh, even in Maine, we just picked up. We've been doing some work with um, L.O. Bean and also with um, Kittery Trading Post are carrying our products in Maine. So that's been fun. Yeah, very neat. I would imagine, gosh, getting picked up by L.L. Bean is huge, right? Uh, yeah, it's cool. We're They're carrying it in the flagship store and for a gal from Maine. Um, that's a pretty big deal and uh, very honored to be in their, in their store and having them showcase our products. So yeah, really, really awesome. Did you create any kind of new England specific patterns for them, uh, for your clothing? Um, no, they carry mostly our bags and neck suits and stuff, but we may or may not have something, uh, that's going to have a little bit of a spin coming out here in the next, uh, year for all my, uh, East coast main friends. So. Oh, very cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, is there anything that I've left out Linda that you want to share with our listeners? No, I, I just, you know, we really appreciate everybody's input and thoughts on new products. Um, we do have, something coming out that people will be able to use for the summer that's coming soon. And I forgot about, um, for two and out for that, for enjoying the beach and for fishing, um, that, um, I think people will really enjoy getting taken a look at that. So that should be out in June. 
And uh, no, we just really appreciate everybody's support and thank them for all their help and their art and, and supporting us. And, um, and please keep giving us suggestions because there's just lots to do and lots more to create for the gals. Yeah, very, very neat. And and the, you go ahead. I was going to say, and there's, and you know, thank you to the guys that are out there buying products for all the women in their lives because they really wanted to go out fishing and enjoy the, enjoy it as much as they do. So we, we really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And I would imagine folks can also, I mean, it's, it's summertime and people are fishing, but it will get cold again and you probably will make the uh, consumer fly fishing show circuit again. Yes. Yep. We'll be back on the show. We'll be actually at ICAF in July in Orlando. And then, um, again, next year we'll be out on the circuit again and we'll be in Denver, uh, first quarter. Yeah. Well, it's a dry heat down in Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh, well what's the best way for folks to uh, to follow your fishing adventures and everything that's going on at Fishy Wear um, you know you can watch us uh, uh, check out our website at fishywear.com or women's fly fishing um, and then also we are on Instagram Facebook and we have a TikTok channel uh, for Fishy Wear and my team's been having a lot of fun making some fun creative uh tiktok so um check them out and and uh you'll you'll enjoy them as much as i do and i always get the humor but it's really fun yeah <laughs> yeah i've been it's, so it's funny right cause keeps asking me when i'm gonna have a tiktok channel and i was just like you know i just don't have that kind of k-pop backstreet boys kind of vibe going on with the articulate fly but maybe i will one day Oh, I love it. Though. I love the creativity. and We have an amazing, amazing team. So, super fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, very neat. And I'll drop, I'll drop all those links in the show notes, Linda. And I really appreciate you ta- taking time to chat with me. Oh, thank you. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Have a great summer. You too. Take care. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. Again, if you like the podcast, please tell a friend and subscribe and leave us a rating and review in the podcast of your choice. And don't forget to check out the Take Action link for Bristol Bay in the show notes. Tight lines, everybody.